Bienvenidos a la Internacional de la Educación. Hello from Education International in Brussels. This is Ed Voices, a podcast of global education news and advocacy. EI is more than 400 teacher and educator unions and professional associations in 173 countries, representing 32 million members. Here's your host. For more than 32 million teachers and education support personnel, one organization has bound them together for the last 25 years. Under a blanket of snow, Education International came to life on January 26, 1993 in Stockholm, Sweden. The moment marked years of negotiations to merge the two biggest teachers' organizations, the International Federation of Free Teachers' Unions, IFTU, and the World Confederation of Organizations of the Teaching Profession, the WCOTP. Now, as Education International celebrates its silver anniversary, the voice of teachers has never been heard more clearly by more people around the world. The largest federation of teachers and education support personnel finds itself sitting at the most influential tables in policymaking. Its opinions regularly sway debate, and its groundswell of members move the political needle on major issues. But it hasn't always been this way. This podcast takes us back 25 years and beyond to bring to life the reality that faced the organization's architects and how they compromised and worked to put their differences aside. Told by the founding General Secretary, Fred Van Leeuwen, he pulls back the curtain on behind-the-scenes stories and the personalities that came together to create Education International. Well, the idea of unity is as old as the teachers' movement, so I don't think <laughs> where the idea exactly it came from. After 25 years at the helm of Education International and another 12 leading IFTU, the details of a long career can become a little hazy. Having spent most of his life working on behalf of teachers and education, Van Leeuwen is stepping down from his role in the organization he helped create. For the first time, he stops to reflect on how it came to be and how a young Dutch trade union leader would help reshape the education profession. But um, I remembered when I was just elected as General Secretary of the International Federation of Free Teachers Unions in 1981, I ran into the General Secretary of the Swedish Teachers Union, who was not uh, a member of the IFFTU, but of the WCOTP, the World Confederation of Organizations of the Teaching Profession. And um, he congratulated me on my election as General Secretary of the IFFTU and he said, well, you know what? I think these two organizations should get together. Why should there be two organizations? So that was, <laughs> you know, at the time I was not really thrilled to hear this because I was just elected as General Secretary of the IFFTU. You know? So uh, I was not really in a... Um, unity mode, so to speak, so. Van Leeuwen says that was the moment the seeds of the future merger were planted in his head. But it would take another eight years before any concrete steps would be taken. Well, in um, 1989, <clears throat> at the IFFU Congress in Toronto, I talked to um, 
to my president, Al Schenker, and I suggested to him that in my in the presentation of the progress report, I would propose this this idea. Um, I proposed that I would ask the Congress to um, give us the give us permission to start talks with the WCODP and to explore w whether. Uh, there would be possibilities of a closer cooperation or even a merger. And the Schenker said, no, sure, let's, let's, let's do that. The climate is right for this, for such an effort, for such a you know, step to be, um, uh, to be taken. And um, I must say to my surprise, uh, the response by Congress delegates was quite positive. I remember, and that was in the early 80s, that there were big debates in the International Labour Organization about whether or not uh, the teaching profession should be considered a profession um, entitled to the same rights that other employees had. So, you did see in 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 that period and before that that before and, and earlier as well that teachers organizations increasingly um, became more militant and um, insisted that they be granted the same rights and um, in more and more countries these organizations joined the the trade union the trade union movement mr gorbachev teared down this wall the soviet union as a subject of international and geopolitical reality no longer exists we're in a period where we started to see some problematic effects of globalization. So people became aware that you should organize internationally in order to confront those, those, those negative effects of globalization. That's one thing. Two, um, it was the period it was the end of the Cold War. So important geopolitical developments um, required a you know rethinking of how you could at the international level um, contribute better contribute to promoting democracy, equity, uh, better defend the interests of, of teachers, um, get education on the top of the international agenda, etc., etc. So, I, I remember that period, everybody being rather optimistic. Um, you know, you had Fukuyama 
publishing the end of history. Um, we all thought that democracy, equity, uh, social justice would soon be available to everybody. Um, well, <laughs> that of course hasn't happened as as fast as we <laughs> thought it would happen at that uh, at that time. Uh, it's going going to take a little longer, but that that was the that was the atmosphere. So there was an optimistic atmosphere. We can we can. We can do this. One of the hurdles that had to be overcome was the difference in ideology between the two biggest teachers' organizations of the day. With IFTU traditionally focused on core union issues and the WCOTP on professional issues, bridging the two would be a difficult task. But as Van Leeuwen recounts, this began to change after he became General Secretary in 1981, though there were other areas that proved to be more challenging. You know, when you, when you uh, bring organizations together, you need to first of all, agree on the objectives, yeah? And that turned out to be very easy. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it took us more than a couple of hours to reach an agreement about what the purpose of that new organization should be, what its objectives should be. Um, the most difficult part of the undertaking was to reach an agreement on the governing model that would have to be developed, on the um, membership criteria that would have to be established. Because, you know, we were in agreement that we wanted to create a democratic and independent organization, organization defending the interests of teachers and of uh, public education. Um, but agreeing that an organization should be democratic and independent uh, requires a bit more, you know, um, thinking about what is a democratic organization and what is an independent organization. Well, long debates about about that. Um, so it took a while uh, before we we came to the conclusion that this particular model would be suitable for the new organization and would satisfy. Most, most of the um, other participants, most of the national member organization. There was, of course, the question of who would assume the leadership roles of EI. With so many involved in its creation, many would assume those to be difficult decisions. But he says otherwise. In fact, I remember it was in a bar in Amsterdam that Bob Harris and I uh, <laughs> came to the conclusion that we both would be willing to work under the supervision of the other. So in other words, there would be no competition between the two of us. So when the question um, 
arose who would be the president and who would be the general secretary, uh, there was absolute no tension between the two of us. We were both open to whatever role we could play in the new organization. Much more difficult, for example, was the question, where's the organization going to be located? Because the IVFTU was based in Amsterdam, the WCOTP in Morge, Switzerland. And both negotiation teams were of the opinion that, for WCOTP, Morge, Switzerland, was the best possible venue and for IFTU, it was Amsterdam. Um, so, you know, we, uh, <laughs> the compromise was Brussels. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Mary Hapwood-Futrell, and I would like to welcome you to the inaugural World Congress, or Constituent Congress of Education International. We have brought to life a brand new organization. And having given birth, we now become its guardians. Stockholm itself was a formality. It, it, was, it was, the agreement was reached beforehand. And in Stockholm, the, both internationals. They, they met at the same time in the same convention hall, but they were separated by a wall. <laughs> and both congresses were invited to say yes or no. So there was no room for discussion. Whether they supported the outcome of the negotiations or not. Um, well, you know, in both IVFTU and WCOTP decided to accept the outcome, and then we removed the wall, <laughs> and we were one organization. It was funny. The merger was led by two U.S. organizations, the National Education Association, the NEA, and the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT. As competing organizations belonging to the two internationals, they provided a shining example of the kind of compromise needed to create EI. Led by Mary Futrell and the late Al Shanker, two of the heavyweights in American education put aside their differences to join forces. Well, you know, Mary Futrell and Al Shanker, they, they played a significant role in, in the... Um, the negotiations, Al being the president of the American Federation of Teachers, belonging to the IFFTU, and he was also president of the IFFTU. Mary, uh, former president of the NEA and president of the WCOTP. So, um, in fact, I think that uh, their ability uh, to... to look beyond the immediate interests of their national unions made it possible that we created Education International. I mean, I don't beat about the bush. This was, for us, crucial. It would not have happened 
if the NEA and the AFT would have said, no way, we are not going to do this. But within both organizations, and under the leadership of Al Shanker and Mary Futrell, there was this, you know, this willingness, there was also the optimism um, about, you know, the, the, the way the world was going. Um, that's, so you could say that, that it was both the circumstances and also the character of these two individuals that, that made it, it possible. Throughout the years, Van Leeuwen has worked tirelessly to navigate the needs and wants of the organization's 400 affiliate members, always being able to keep everyone in step with its purpose. You know, we are a left, center-left organization. And, you know, on the left, on the center-left, there are many different groups, ideological, ideological groups, um, but, but in the end, you know, they all support democracy, equity, uh, social justice, defending teachers' rights, promoting public education. Um, and I should say it's a privilege to work for an organization which is so focused and so convinced that these are um, objectives that, that must be, that must be uh, achieved. We've, we've seen a couple of years ago um, when we organized a campaign to persuade the United Nations to adopt education as a sustainable development goal that virtually the entire EI membership um, mobilized its, its, its members um, and, and helped us well, in the end, achieve that particular goal of a sustainable development goal adopted by the United uh, Nations. So, for me, that campaign uh, was, in, in fact, a, a test whether we as international organization would be able to mobilize our members. Because, you know, when you use the word mobilize, we use it all the time, but ultimately it means you need, you, you get your members um, engaged, actively engaged in helping you achieve the targets that you have set. And um, it's easy for member organizations to come and attend conferences and then, you know, say a few words and then go back home and then that's it. But to get them actually um, on the street, so to speak, <laughs> for... Uh, a global issue. Uh, I wasn't sure that that would work, but it did. Um, and I, I must say that I, I was surprised that this campaign um, played such an important role in persuading the United Nations to accept the idea that quality education for everybody would be one of the sustainable development goals because um, in 2012-2013 we had talks with them and there was no intention whatsoever that education should be um, 
one of these one of these goals and it was public opinion that we were able to mobilize through our membership in many countries and political pressure that our member organizations were able to exert on their national governments that caused the UN to actually change its mind so you know that was a very gratifying experience as van leven prepares for the next stage of his life without ei at its core and begins to look back on his work and achievements he says that the organization's longevity doesn't surprise him N not really surprised no um No, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I, I think that most member organizations uh, were fully aware in 1993 of the important step that was being taken, and and have have been have become even more convinced over the past 25 years that this organization has an added value for them. Uh, Today, uh, the teaching profession is a global profession. Um, what happens in in the classroom or developments regarding the terms and employment conditions of of teachers is not unrelated to international developments. And so, they created an international organization that would help create the international conditions that would help them do a better job in serving the needs of their of their members i think that that most organizations most national education unions clearly understood the need for creating this organization and um, utilizing it to achieve their their national goals. If if you look at the twenty five years, we we have gone through different phases. And the first phase was consolidating unity. And I think you know from nineteen ninety three till two thousand one. I think in two thousand one, we 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 thought that that unity had been consolidated because again as I said earlier um, in 1993 it wasn't absolutely sure that it would be possible to um, have this organization operate effectively with such an ideological diversity but we we did it 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 it, it did happen so that was the first phase uh, until uh, 2001. The second, in the second phase, we became the voice of the teaching profession and education support staff in the international community. From 2001 till 2011, we we really worked very hard to make all these agencies out there understand that we were representing the teaching profession that uh, we were to be consulted on every 
initiative, on every policy and and program they were to develop um, related to education and and teachers. And I, I think today um, you can say that there is no international agency that would not consult with Education International um, on on these issues. So, but we are now in the third phase. Uh, I, I think there's still a lot of work to do in helping member organizations understand that this Education International is not a debating club. It's not a, you know, a flying circus um, for union leaders to get together once in a while and, you know, have interesting discussions and then go home. But it is a tool to bring about change. It is a tool that they should utilize uh, because, as I've said, the, most of the domestic issues that they are uh, dealing with are, in fact, global issues and require uh, global solutions. So, and it, it's complicated. I, oh, I realize that, but I, I believe that this is the way. This is the way um, uh, forward. Um, and. While we are still in the third phase, I, I believe the fourth phase is around the corner, and that is how do we um, bridge the gap between the classroom teacher and the international organization. Teaching has become a global profession. Um, teaching uh, teachers need to need to take part in the conversation that's currently taking place about the future of the profession. To get the latest global education news and advocacy, subscribe to Ed Voices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on SoundCloud. And as always, tell a friend, spread the word, and please give us a review on iTunes. Bye for now. Bye.